There came a sound from heaven, a mighty rushing wind. It filled their hearts with singing. Philippians chapter 3. <clears throat> I just love the Bible, all over it, all over the Bible. Right now I'm reading in uh, Leviticus. Man, I think everybody ought to read Leviticus every year. I mean, Leviticus will knock your socks off. See, I put out there in a sign preaching and knock your socks off. The truth is, if you preach the Bible, it'll knock your socks off. If you just get up and... Imagine me going to a typical state university today and reading some of Leviticus to them. Doggies, they'd go nuts, they'd go nuts, they'd go crazy. Uh, they, I, I, we, were, we were doing a billboard years ago, and uh, the verse we use, except you repent, you should all likewise perish, Luke 13, verse 3, and it's repeated in verse 5. And uh, I went over this advertisement, guy, smart guy, been around. And I said, I want to do this uh, on the billboard, except you repent, you should all likewise perish. And he goes, wow, that's pretty tough. He said, where'd you get that? And I said, how about the Bible? He said, well, I, I don't believe it's in there. He said, I've never, I've never heard anything like that in the Bible. That's, that's awful tough. I took him to Luke 13 and said, not only is it tough, guess who said it? Jesus. He goes, Jesus said that? Man, most people have been sold such milk toast. They think God is some old man that, that's sentimental and senile. And they are going to be in for surprise if we don't warn them who he really is. Uh, when you read the book of Leviticus, you go, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. That's just what I keep saying as I am having Alexander Scorby read me that book and as I read through that book, I go, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God because almost everything he mentions not to do in there, they're doing in the United States of America. Almost every sin that he goes through in detail in Leviticus, we're doing it in America in a big way. And guess what he said? I don't do this because this is the reason I threw those nations out before you, those seven nations greater than you. Bigger than you, stronger than you, greater than you. I threw them out. And don't you begin to think that you somehow inherited this land because of your own personal righteousness. He said, I did it for my namesake. And he took the children of Israel in there and threw them folks out. And I think, oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy on us for the sake. I start doing the Abraham thing for the sake of the ten. I hope you folks in this room are praying like Abraham prayed. I think we're at the place in America, we need to pray like Abraham. Lord, if there's ten righteous, would you save us? Surely you won't destroy the righteous with the wicked. Because, brother, the hammer's got to be coming down on this place for doing the things which he drew. Otherwise, he'd have to apologize to those other nations he drove out. Well, that's not my sermon, but I thought I'd get that on my chest. That's just the blessing of Bible reading. That's just the blessing of listening to your Bible, brother. That's just side blessings. Uh, Andrea has been going through her Bible, and she texts me. Oh, by the way, why I call her more than you try. She texts me all these little blessings 
that she gets in her Bible reading. She, you know, she she'll tell me, oh, and she'll you know discover this or or, or tell me a blessing, and that's that's a blessing to me to hear that. Amen. Okay, I'm over. Uh, Philippians chapter three, verse seven through nine. Let's get down to business here. Uh, the title of this is a few, a few. This is not the first time I plowed this ground for sure, but I just can't stay away from this section. I cannot stay away from this section here. This, this, is, this is what I want. This is food. This is meat. Uh, this is uh, hog jowls and chitlins. This is some good stuff here in this Bible. By the way, I know you're grieved for me. Uh, I uh, terminated my pig this yesterday and gave him to uh, the Spanish church. They have already cooked him, cooked her, and eaten her. She's gone. That was my hurricane food. I told my wife, oops, that was a little early maybe on the hurricane food thing. But uh, All right, here we go. But what things were gained to me? Those I counted lost for Christ. Personal, you're getting inside of Paul for a second. The eight outlets. And I count all things but lost. Why do you think he said that? He had to remind himself. I continually am reminding myself of why I'm doing what I'm doing. For the excellency, why? Why did he do everything but lost? Well, he did it for the excellency, the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whom I've suffered the loss of all things, and do count them. I love this guy. I just love this guy. I count them, but dumb. Why? That I may win Christ. He kept reminding himself. What's he doing this? He's reminding himself. And thirdly, and be found in him. Boy, I think... Uh, Found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law. And then we're talking about Pharisees talking. Who they were, they really were the disciplined of the disciplined. But even the disciplined of the disciplined, he reminds himself, I'm not saved on my own righteousness. Uh-uh. Which is of the law. But that which is through of faith through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God. By faith, I get to go to heaven by childlike faith in Jesus Christ. His death, his burial, and his resurrection. Folks, ain't nobody going to enter into heaven and brag how they earned their way to heaven. Just they're going to brag on Jesus. That's why the Bible says no flesh will glory in his presence. When you get to heaven, you're going to be so humbled that you get to be there. And you're going to immediately and inherently understand that you're not there because of your righteousness that you're there because of Jesus' righteousness. And it's going to throw you on the, on the gold pavement. You're not going to throw yourself. The very thought's going to weaken your legs, and you're going to go down to the gold pavement and cry, Jesus, your Lord. You are everything that you said you were, your Lord. Driving out west on a motorcycle tour, a few of them I've done, um, I just love the look at the Rocky Mountains, whether they be the Canadian Rockies, which are a little bit nicer looking in some ways than our Rockies, up there at the ice fields and Banff and 
St. George and Prince George or whatever they call the cities up there and Prince Rupert. My, some magnificent sights to see. But what I like to see is I uh, really look at billboards. You know, when you're riding, a lot of times you're bored. You've been riding for hours, and you like to look and read billboards. Now, I, I gave some of this on the, on the uh, Thursday night. If you were there Thursday night, you get a double dose of this because I want you to hear it twice. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not senile. I didn't forget I did some of this. On I always love it when people come and say, do you know you did that before? Yes, I know I did it before. Have you ever been told anything twice? Are you kidding? All of us ought to go back on our moms and dads and say, how many times was I told to do this? Or how many times was I told to do this? And how many times I... They were teaching by repetition. That's what I'm trying to do. Is it because you had nothing else to do? No, I had a lot of other stuff to do, but I did it because I think you need to hear it twice. And if you give me an attitude, I'm going to do it three times. But drive. There was a billboard, and it read, dedicated to a sense of honor, commitment, and something greater than themselves. A few good men, the Marines. Had a picture of a Marine on the billboard. I don't know why, but that thing touched me. It touched me. Something greater than themselves. Uh, tears well up in my eyes, to be honest with you. As I was going down, the wind carried him back on my cheeks. And I thought, the world understands these kind of things. I wonder if Christians do. I thought, why so many young Christians fall out of the ranks of God's army? Because they just don't have a sense that they're doing something greater than themselves. Brother, what keeps you down in Mexico, what keeps you down with your people, is you have to maintain the sense that you're doing something greater than yourself. This isn't just for you and your wife, your kid. This is for God. What keeps you in the bus ministry all those years? What kept McCullum in that thing all those years? I'll tell you what kept him in it. He had a sense of something greater than himself. If you'll get a sense that this thing in life is not about you, Man, you're wasting your energy. You're wasting your time, and you can't duplicate time. It's like a river. Once you go by, you got you going. Don't get to go back. And and you're giving your minutes, and you're giving your seconds, and you're giving your days uh, in this world. Do something that is for, for something greater than yourself. That's what I've been trying to scream, yell, red face for all these years. The young people don't, and I'm not talking about all young people. We have fabulous young people, fabulous young people that, that get this. But we have not just young people, but old folks miss this. They don't have a sense of sacrifice, a personal sacrifice. They don't have a sense, oh, it's too hot to ride the bus, or it's too hot to go door to door, or it's too cold. If it was in Chicago in the winter, it'd be too cold. If it's in Florida, it's too hot. Wherever you may go, they know it. They wouldn't go because they won't sacrifice. Why? They don't have a sense of something greater. If you have a sense of something greater, then you're willing to get hot. You're willing to get cold. You're willing to get, you're willing to get hungry, man. You're willing to, to, to give of your money. You're willing to give of your time. No problem. Why? It's something greater than yourself. 
no sense of something worth suffering for or sacrificing for or dying for. Ronald Reagan once said some people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world. He said the Marines, they don't have that problem. The world gets it. They get it. How do you get young men to sign up for the Marines like Charlie? How do you get him to sign up? Charlie signed up for the Marines. I've never talked to you about this. Well, something grabbed you, unless your mother enlisted you. Something grabbed you to sign up for the Marine Corps. Why not the Army? Why not the Navy? Why not the Air Force? You may wish you did after boot camp, but any of you Marines in here, my dad in World War II was drafted. He went into the recruiter, and they had, uh, what, five branches of service there, and they said, pick a branch. He picked the Marines. I asked him, why'd you do that? And he said, I want to do something beyond the norm. Man, ooh, I like that. I like that. Some Christian people spend an entire lifetime wondering if they made a difference in the world. The sold-out, committed Christians don't have that problem. I could say the bus people, they don't have that problem. I could say the folks who go door-to-door, they don't have that problem. I can say the folks who surrender to missions, they don't have that problem. You don't have a problem wondering whether your life's going to count. It's going to count. Amen. Man, don't be an observer in this life. Don't let this thing, this opportunity. One of the functions of the local church, as I was speaking about this morning, is to present a platform where you can grow. A platform is an opportunity place. It is a, it is, it is, we put things out there that you can grab a hold of and make it happen. Now, not everybody's good at the same thing. Not everybody likes the same thing. So we got 20 different platforms of, of fulfilling the Great Commission here at the Gospel. Gospel tracks, you may want to do that. You may not want to do that. Man, we started the Gospel tracks. Old, old, old Bill Sikora and his wife jumped on that thing. Bill and Lil, 1,000. Bill and Lil, 1,000. That's their niche. That's what, that's what, uh, we started the uh, flea market. We had folks go to the flea market, couldn't do any, wouldn't do anything else. They went to the flea market and won people to Christ. Hey, the bus may not be your niche, or, or door-to-door may not be, be your niche, but brother, by the grace of God, you're responsible to do something with your life that makes a difference, that's greater than yourself. I saw another sign in California says, we don't accept applications. Oh, I like this. This must have been by San Diego. We don't accept, San, we don't accept uh, applications, only commitments. The Marines. If I wasn't so old, I'd want to join the Marines flat out. I was going to join the Marines at 18. My dad forbid me to do it. Said absolutely don't do it. He said, We're not, I'm not gonna allow you to waste your life in Vietnam. He said, They don't want to win it, and if they don't want to win it, I ain't giving my kid to it. He said, If they draft you, go to the Marines, join them up and do your best. But if they don't draft you, don't go. I didn't get drafted, I didn't go, but and I obeyed my dad. Now I didn't know that God had a bigger call for me in the ministry. I didn't know that at that time. Maybe God didn't want blood on my hands like David. He wouldn't let me do this. I don't know. But uh, I always think back on that. I said, oh, I want to be a Marine Dad. He said, oh, no, no, no. Not unless, not unless you get drafted. And I never did. That's what happened. I would have. I would have. 
I think of Jesus' words in Matthew 7, 14, because uh, straight is the gate, narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few be there that find it. If you're a member of God's core, you are very privileged and a select few. Think how select you are as being a born-again Christian. Think how select few you are. I remember sitting in Bob Jones' uh, class, uh, one of the doctrines class, I think Chuck Smith was the guy there that day, and, and uh, uh, a lot of them boys worked to 2, 3 in the morning. You know, they worked late at night. I didn't. I worked till 10, 11 o'clock. I'd stay up and study, and I didn't get a lot of sleep. None of us did. And we'd be tired. But I was older than them. I was much older than everybody when I was going to school than everybody in class, that is, pretty much. Graduated 27 years old. Most of them guys were 18 to 22. And so I was married with a kid. What I'm trying to tell you is I, I had a little bit more serious outlook on life than they did. And so when I'm sitting in class, Billy, you, Billy never slept in one class. I'm not bragging, just fact. I don't remember that, old Western. No brag, just fact, about three of us. Okay, uh, but, but I never slept. Why? It costs too much. It was too valuable. And, and one day this guy, you know, he's, he, this teacher's given his best. He's given his best shot to us. This guy's sleeping. He starts snoring. He stops the whole class. He wakes that boy up and goes through him from front to back, goes through his heritage, his mom, his dad, everything. I mean, he is just tearing that kid up. And he got into this whole thing. He says, what do you think you are? You realize that there are people around the world that would give everything they had to go to this school and to be able to come to these classes and to be able to graduate from this place, and here you are sleeping? We all just about rose up and lynched him. He had me so fired up. I wanted to take that kid outside and whip him. Man, that boy, old child Chuck Smith, man, what a speech he had. He said, you're in a... You're in the uh, tenth of a tenth of a tenth of a percent in the world that get to do this. And brother, you're in a local church tonight where we've got peace in our land and we're not, we're not going out there thinking they're going to bomb us or shoot us for doing the cause of Christ. Brother, while we got this privilege, let's do it with all we got. That's not, this isn't the time to lay back. This is the time to charge. Let me think, I think old Patton, he had three words his military philosophy. Attack, attack, attack. That was General George Patton. And brother, I think as born-again believers, it's not time to set back. It's time to attack, man. It's time to go after it. I got to ask you something tonight. Are you willing to lose your life for the cause of Christ? Tyler Nickel and his little woman. Remember when they were here? He was the guy that was going to be the pilot, and he was going to go to... Uh, P, Papua New Guinea, PNG they call it, Papua New Guinea, and he was going to go down there with his woman. They did. He had a plane. He was going to fly and start churches in hard-to-access areas. Sometimes you can fly to an area, and it takes an hour, but to go there by foot or by car is like two days. Yeah, maybe a week. And so he said, man, the plane works good there. And so he went down there and... and um, he and his dear woman, by the grace of God, I mean, just like any other new, new couple. And when he was gone one day, eight men showed up at the house. Changed her life. 
Every missionary candidate needs to know that. That may be the price. There was a young couple excited about the ministry. Excited about it. And they went to the um, middle of a hard area of Indianapolis. Uh, Indianapolis where there are gangs and stuff in Indianapolis. They went down to hard area of Indianapolis. And while he was gone, two young men showed up at the house. Uh, raped and murdered Everybody that gets ready to go to the mission field. You say, mission field? Well, I didn't know that could happen. Oh, it happens in the United States. Yeah, it happens. It happens. It's serious. Are you, you need to be like Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7 through 9, brother. I believe if you don't have some sort of grip on what Paul mentioned there, if you haven't died, if you haven't counted your life as lost for the cause of Christ, the devil will listen to that, and he'll try to blow you out of this thing with some sort of tragedy. But if you're a dead man... He can't hurt you. I'm already dead. Give me cancer. Give me what you want. Do whatever. The worst thing you're going to do to me is take my life, and then I get to go to heaven. I'm not cocky. I don't want it. I don't like tragedy. And I don't like preacher just up the road. Crossway Baptist. Saturday night, his 23-year-old boy found dead in his room. Suicide. Brother Vanneman, one of his boys, has nine children. has eight now. He's got to carry that. And we're not exempt from trouble. Anybody, brother, don't get around uh, Curly Top, Joel Olstein. Don't, 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 don't believe Jimmy Baker. And them boys that tell you that God always wants things to go good for you and God always wants things to go fine for you and everything's going to go up and everything's going to be wonderful. Brother, that's just not Bible. That's not the Bible that I read. How about you? We're in an outright war. You are in a war. Now, I know it doesn't always appear to be. It does. Sometimes it doesn't. Man, things, some, doesn't work. things are... But there's a war swirling around us. There's an invisible war swirling around you. The forces of darkness hate. Have you noticed this last election how the other side hates us? What Trump has done, and excuse my phraseology, but he's pulled their clothes off. They hide behind a facade of friendliness and kindness and gentleness and sweetness, and we really are the people who care. They don't care. They are some of the meanest, some of the low-downest, some of the, some of the vi most vicious, vilifying group of folks you'll ever get around. Tolerance? They say they're tolerant. If that's tolerance, I'd hate to see intolerance. Are you willing to lose your life for Christ? Are you willing to obey the orders that your commander-in-chief has given you to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature? Will you take the motto of the Marines, death before dishonor? Are you willing to have courage to stand up in the face of evil men and stand your ground? It's time that 
I shouldn't even have to say this, but it's time Christians get out of the closet. You get around a conversation that they're talking about something that's not biblical, it's your responsibility to bring up that that's not what God would have. You don't have to be mean. You don't have to be in, but you need to be truthful. Are we willing to have courage to stand up? Are we willing to march into sure death because of duty, honor, and commitment? Are you willing to personally sacrifice what it takes to serve in the elite of God's ranks? What was he talking about? But what things were gained to me? Those things I counted lost for Christ. You say, I want to be a happy Christian. you got to do it this way. You have to do it this way. You have to take everything that you would count dear in this life, and in, at least in theory, you got to die to it. you got to die to it. There could be somebody in a U-Haul at my house right now with a four-wheel drive and a chain and pulling my safe out the side of my out the side of my wall, taking all my guns, taking hopefully take my wife's jewelry. At least we both will grieve. I may go home and the whole thing burnt down to the ground because by the time the fire department gets to me, it's ashes. Hallelujah! It's the best way to declutter. I got so much junk, it's not humanly possible to declutter hardly. The parable of the sower, I often reflect on it. There's only one soil that makes reproduction, and I believe salvation. The other three soils fail. The wayside soil, the people are disillusioned. The stony place where the soil falls are the discouraged and distressed. The thorny soil are the distracted and uncommitted. It's only that one soil out of four that the seed falls in and grows. Is God's seed growing through you? Has it landed on good ground? Is it growing through you? I hope so. I like the song, I've said it so many times, must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease. Man, I wish somebody would sing that for a special. While others fought to win the prize and sailed through stormy seas, sure, I must fight if I would reign, increase my courage, Lord. I'll bear the toil and endure the pain supported by thy word. It goes on to say, am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? And shall I fear to own his cause or blush to speak his name? Are there no foes for me to face? Must I not stem the flood? Is this vile world a friend of grace to help me on to God? Thy saints in all this glorious war shall conquer though they die. They see the triumph from afar by faith discerning eye. When that illustrious day shall rise and all thy army shine in robes of victory through the skies, the glory shall be thine. The battle cry here to gospel is always faithful. 
My dad used to say constantly, Semper Fi, Semper Fi. Semper Fi. God is looking this evening for a few, and excuse the expression, but I'm not trying to be politically correct, a few good men. Looking for people and women, young people, that'll say, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to let this old world consume my time. Look, the devil may not get you to go out and commit adultery. The devil may not get you to go out and commit fornication. The devil may not get you hooked on pornography. The devil may not get you uh, hooked on some other type of a sin. But the devil, just if he can't do that, he just will try to distract you. Just try to get you playing so hard that you got no time. Just try to get you going on every other thing, every other thing but what God wants, every other thing. People come and say, I don't have time to read my Bible. You know that's a lie from hell. It's a lie from hell. Best thing you do for you, get in the mirror and say, I am lying to myself. I can read the Bible. And get right in the face of God and say, I don't want to. And then, by the way, turn around and ask him to bless your family. Ask him to, ask him to give you safety. Ask him to give you food. Ask him to give you shelter. Ask him to help you through the hurricane. Are you kidding me? I'd be ashamed. Imagine the cost of the Bible to you and me, what it costs for us to get that Bible. You got to read Fox's Book of Mark. Just have to. You just have to read how they burned those folks and why they just wanted the Bible. Their sin, their 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 horrible transgression for suffering those kinds of death that are described in Fox's Book of Martyrs was they love the Bible. They love the Word of God. What in the Bible could do you harm? Look at the Ten Commandments. What could possibly be hard about? What could be wrong about not murdering your neighbor? Or not committing adultery with your neighbor's wife? Or not desiring your neighbor's goods? What would be wrong with honoring your mom and dad? What would be wrong without, without lying? You think those Ten Commandments were some of the worst pornography ever, ever published? We don't want them in our courthouse. We don't want them in our government buildings. We don't want them displayed. Brother, that makes me, I got one at my house. Thank, thank God for Brother Morris. I got the Ten Commandments in stone when you enter into my house. We got the Ten Commandments when you enter into McKinney Hall. We got the Ten Commandments on the wall of T McKinney Hall. Brother, every Christian out there, the more that they try to suppress us, we ought to start buying billboard time. Buy a newspaper. You can buy a full page in a newspaper. You as an individual can buy a full page in a newspaper for like 2500 bucks, and you can put the full gospel in that. You can, you can put the Ten Commandments in that thing. What's holding you back? So it doesn't always have to be our idea. We've done it a couple. We've done full page ads, you know, 4500 bucks years ago, but the papers are hurting. Paper's price gone down on that. You look at the world, the, the me generation. Oh, I gotta quit this. The me generation. Me, 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 me. They're the most miserable group of people you ever be around. They're agitated, aggravated, miserable, self-destructive, sick. 
sadomasochistic. They don't just hate us, they hate themselves. They lack purpose, commitment, they lack honor, they lack sacrifice, they lack achievement, they lack selflessness. They're suicidal in their tendencies. The average homosexual life expectancy, last time I looked, about 35. Why? They hate themselves. You say, Brother Bill, you're guessing at that. No, I heard that directly from their, from five of them through the years have told me they hate themselves. Because that's where sin always takes you. Sin. My, my mother would say, the devil will tempt you, then he'll sit there and laugh when you're getting your whipping. That's exactly right. The devil tempts them into doing that, and they go ahead and do it, and they have a little bit of hoo-hoo-hoo, and then they get to the end of it, and they can't sleep at night. Pretty soon they're starting to take drugs to sleep. They can't sleep. They get like Michelle Jackson, where he was one of the most miserable creatures on the face of the earth, till he went and had them, they he had them giving him stuff that you put out for surgery with. At 50 years old, I would hate to be him facing God. Paul says, look, I hold before you the way of life and the way of death. He said, choose the way of life. Moses said it. Paul, basically everybody in the Bible, gives us the opportunity to serve God. Hey, this is an opportunity that won't last. You know, there'll be a day that I'm never going to preach again. There'll be a day I'm not even going to be able to verbally explain the gospel. I'm not going to be able to verbally explain the gospel again. It's coming. Day's coming. You say, Brother Bill, it's just around the corner. Well, it may be. I have, the God, the God allowed me to have five TIAs. That TIA, transient attack. That means you have a mini stroke. It's a temporary stroke. I one time had a stroke. I couldn't talk for about four or five hours. I, didn't, I couldn't verbally. I, I could think the sentence, but it would never get out my mouth. One time I had a deal where I couldn't remember who people were. Like I look at Tom, my one part of my brain said, I know Tom. I wouldn't say Tom. It'd say, I know him. And my other part of the brain where his name was stored was not accessible. I said, I, I, I went up to a few people in church and say, I know I know you, but who are you? And he looked at me like I was crazy. What was God doing? He was whispering in my ear, use your time wisely. Every moment you have is a gift from heaven. Woo! Use it by the grace of God for His glory and His honor. Why ain't, why ain't I in a pair of shorts with a beach ball down at the beach every afternoon? At 65, I could be down with the rest of these retired guys. <laughs> I was mean on that. I, I respect uh, I'm going to backpedal now. You watch these retired preachers. They're not beach balling it. They could. Hey, Crab this morning said he had plenty of money. I'm glad he told me. Crab said he had plenty of money, didn't he? You heard him. He had plenty of money. I couldn't spend it all. Man, you don't tell a preacher that. 
I'm thinking this project, that project, this would, this could be funded. We could do this. I'm thinking, well, let's get rid of that before you die. Oh, that was a mistake. And and uh, he said, I, I I don't have to. Uh, brother, I like the fact he's still out there traveling around preaching. Brother Tom, those same, these retired guys. Why? Because they got the same vision Paul had. I count myself already dead for the cause of Christ. Oh, let me encourage you tonight. The devil's trying to stop you every way he can stop you. He's trying to detour you every way to detour you. He's trying to discourage you. He's tra- Listen, he'll get you to chase that ever-ready bunny. He'll get you to do whatever he's got to do to get you not to do what God wants you to do. I'm going to tell you, give time for God. God knows you got to work. God wants you to go to work. God wants you to work hard. He'll bless the work of your hands like he did Joseph. But when it comes to his work, he wants you to give it all to his work too. Father, help us tonight. Thank you for tonight and the word of God. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you and God bless.